0: This morning I want to share something specifically about the family of God, and um, um, I've, for a long time actually just wanted to touch a bit on this that we understand the importance about the family of God. Um, there's been a major transition in transition in in the last couple of years. There's really a new season that the Church of God has come into, even in across the uh, the earth, um, and there's been a lot of. Uh, uh, like last year was major intensity in in a year and a half type of thing where a lot of uh, uh, things that people are transitioning in. And I believe even this year that there's things that the church has stepped into, the body of Christ, into new things. To step into new things, you need to let go of old things. The old things is the way of thinking, thought patterns that are wrong. So a lot of people have been um, exiting things uh, uh, because of transitioning and stepping into new things. And if we don't step into the new, we don't get the new. Right, remember, for uh, uh, to, to have a new wineskin, it means we need to think in a new way. So where the Holy Spirit is being poured out in a fresh way, what is important is that we are renewed and have a renewed thinking. That is how we get a new wineskin. And this morning, concerning, there's um, a perspective I want to bring in concerning the family of a God. That we understand this what the family of God is because the culture in this house is a culture of revival and how does revival look? We've shared a lot on this in the past and we've seen this. It is a culture and a way of life. It is not just a lot of meetings that we have. And um, I want to just touch and earth this fact of how do you maintain also revival and how does revival also look? Well, firstly, revival works in family. It works in your personal home family, but also in the family of God. That's where revival is and must be. So this morning I'm going to share one or two scriptures here, and I'm going to try land this plane later on. So if you can bear with me. So in Ephesians 5, we know this, uh, This uh, uh, that was written, Paul wrote here, and he speaks about, specifically speaks about the thing of marriage, about husband and wife. Um, and he speaks about the context though, what chapter 5 in Ephesians 5 that I want to refer to, the context, he also refers to Jesus as, as the groom and the, and, and the, the church as the bride, okay? So you under the, understand the context of the one he's referring directly to husband and wife, but also concerning the bride and bridegroom regarding the church and with him. So he gives this, um, he starts speaking about some of the spiritual implications um, in this context okay do you understand, you know this uh, scripture and this chapter so the concept of, of family is basically exactly the same of context of husband and wife we need this is a context that that Paul wants to bring out here so um, this is one I wanted to share a bit about this morning. So Jesus, he teaches us, and he speaks about in the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew 6, he speaks about our Father. Alright? He speaks about it because he's actually speaking in the context of a family. Okay? So the context that so I'm saying, I'm, I'm, my focus this morning is about the family of God. That we need. There's some things I believe God wants to just open for us here. So he speaks about our Father art in heaven, and hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. All right, so all kingdom expression has to, ha- has to do with the context of family. All kingdom expression has to do with the context of family. All right, it is. It is not something there, something there, something. Everything. When you get saved, you get born again. You get. Uh, 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 you get. You become part of the family of God. God places you into a house, a specific house. It is a family. You know, Annalise and I have been speaking about this, and, and it's just amazing. Let's be honest. It's amazing to see. It is not always. To say, ah, oh, you know, sometimes we meet people and we say, ah, oh, this is an amazing couple. This is an amazing person. This is amazing. And the next minute, they're on so amazing. And then God would add, in the family of God, there's people you and I would not naturally connect with. Isn't that so? Be honest. Are there honest people here? Good. Well, guess what? In your own physical family is the same thing. You chose for your, your sister, your brother, your whatever that you born in that family. God did. Alright? So this is important for us to understand. Alright, so when when we when you when you leave the context of family regarding relationships, you have left things in regard to kingdom. Alright? We say our father. So it's important is family and relationships. Okay. So Often the church becomes, listen to me, this is what happens. Often the church becomes an institution instead of the living, loving family of God, which is, which, which is ordained to be. So sometimes church becomes just a place of activity. Hello? Let me tell you something. This is one of the, the things we must understand. God has called you and me to relationship. The foundation and basis for whatever we do is relationship. That's why Paul comes about in in, in Ephesians 5. He speaks about the relationship between husband and wife. He refers then to about the bride and the bridegroom, the church, and Jesus. The context is the relationship. And this is what happens many times in places that people can be in a place, but they're not part of the family, but they're in in a local church. Who's experienced that? All right, but I want you. There's something here that God wants to open up for us because this is an important value to sustain revival culture. So I, I'm telling you, all of us come from certain families that are dysfunctional, in different areas. There is dysfunctional families. And then we come in with a context, this is how it works. A lot I mean we're a totally multicultural church here. We have people even from other nations. I won't mention which nations. Just now I have to have a Brexit or something like that. These English people and all that, but yeah. But do you understand, we come together in a place and we're thrown in. That's why it's so important to know the appointed place. The appointed place is where God builds you in. It's not our church, this is not my church, he's building his church. So it's important, God, where are you placing me? Because in the place you place in me. I mean, guys, you know, there's stuff I dream of here. I mean, there's things that, I mean, we've seen that. We are seeing those things. We've seen this impact in different parts of the world and that. And that has nothing to do with numbers. Numbers, this is, doesn't work democracy. I'm telling you and God is a majority. We have people that are changing the world from this house right now. So don't ever think of um, the numbers change things. I promise you. If God is with you you'll change and have your fulfill your assignment God's called you to do so the thing is so often church basically becomes an institution without relationship. so living this family living uh, this family relational life is the, the the essence of the gospel guys it's, it's the essence of the gospel this so if it was not for you uh, you know if it was not for you um, then I actually would never have the fruit of the spirit in my life. You know, you didn't catch that one. Thank you, Alfonso. you got that one. You know, if it wasn't for, you know, for, for David, then I would have never grown in the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> uh, thank you, David. And he still loves me. <laughs> but do, do you hear what I'm saying? Is that we, we choose something that suits us, but it's not what God wants to suit us. so guess what without you in my life I would never grow thank you Nigel just rub it in now isn't that so guys I'm being real and now I'm being honest because that's a value in this house is being vulnerable and being transparent but do you realize what I'm touching on is that is that if we can be real with one another we can actually we can actually grow Isn't that what it's supposed to look like? When you don't interact with people, you could think you're the most patient person on this planet. <laughs> For those who are married as well, they... Uh, <laughs> Isn't that so? You, you think, oh, I'm the most patient. Just get involved in a house and see what happens. Isn't that so? Oh, I love you guys. You see, it's the gift of God to put us together with people. Do you realize that? It's the gift of God to put us with people. You know, God knows what we need. He knows what we need. And the only way to bring out the treasure is to put the person that's going to start digging in your life, in your face, in your whatever. I'm telling you guys, this is truth. How do you know what's inside your life? It's the same as a stink bug. It looks wonderful. Touch it, put pressure on it, and see what comes out. It's the same as our lives. Unless, Unless we are transformed... We never bring forth who is in us, and that is Christ, the hope of glory. The only people that change the world is people who have been changed and transformed. But transform lives, transform people, transform situations, transform situations. So a husband and wife and children are basically an illustration of what the church is. So what is it? There's actually order. Um, And order is always for a purpose of life. So remember this, when there's order in a family or order in the house, order never serves itself. So when God brings about order in our lives, it's actually to bring the best out of our lives psalm 68 verse 5 we we'll quickly look there psalm 68 verse 5 <clears throat> psalm 68 5 says the following a father of the fatherless a defender of widows is God in his holy habitation verse 6 god sets the solitary in families he brings out those who are bound in he brings out those who are bound into prosperity. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. All right? So, I've, I've been preaching on this. I mean, God said this here and that. And we saw this whole place burned down 28th November last year. This whole farm and that. Um, and we've just seen how God started to speak about beauty for ashes. And that there's people that he's bringing about. There's a beauty that's going to come out. I promise you this one thing. God will never leave you and me alone, but it depends on how much you yield to what He wants, what, what, what God wants to do in your life. It depends on how much you and I yield to Him. will determine the dealings in our lives. So the thing is, and, and I've preached on this previously last couple of other weeks about Beautiful Ashes, about where, where the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me has anointed me to preach the gospel to the broken, to set the captives free, to all this. And it says, and they will rebuild the cities. They is you and me, guys. And I'm telling you, God is bringing about people that are broken, and he's restoring them. He's not leaving them that way. And they are the ones that rebuild the cities and restore things in the, in the nations and the cities and the towns and the nations. It is not those who know everything. It's those that have found a wealth and a richness in God because they've found what it means to be weak so that the Lord is strong. And when we become weak, we find a strength. And there's too many of us that are too strong in a lot of things in our lives and we never find the strength of the Lord which becomes our joy. And that's the thing about family, is that where our lives are transparent of, listen, this is a weakness in me, this is where I'm battling with, but stand with me in this. It's not judging me in this. I mean, guys, we've worked with the board, across the board, from the homosexuals, to the druggies, to the, uh, the witches, to the whatever, all these things over the years. Lord, why do you send these people? I've Don't worry, I've asked the Lord a lot. Why do you send us here? Yeah. Uh, what am I saying? It's because it's these people that God can use. The, re- the religious mindset, you've got to be perfect in everything and then God can work through you. Yet Jesus was a friend of the sinner. Religion only tries to make you more perfect. If you do this wrong, you're wrong. Oh, I'm stepping away. Let me get back here. So, God is attracted to things that are broken. So when we're in a place of weakness, what happens? God is drawn to us. But God does not want us to stay there. God doesn't want us to stay in our mourning. That's good to mourn. And there's people who've lost loved ones. But don't stay in that place. Because God wants to give you beauty. Verse 5, it says a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. You see, God's heart is to look for the widows and the fatherless. Why? Verse 6 speaks about this. God sets the solitary in families. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people out there. And there's a lot of orphans out there, and there's a lot of orphans in churches. I'm telling you now, there's a lot of people with orphan spirit in big gatherings. You see, God says here in verse six, He says. The solitary, those that have found themselves in that place of isolation, God places in families. Why? Because He wants us to connect with people in the house. You see, revival is only sustainable with these relationships. Revival is only sustainable with these relationships. I can give you some historical things of revivalists that have gone down this path. Most amazing men and women of God. And they come to a certain point in their life and you'll see some of these things that have not been there. Relational things, relational issues, hurts, offenses, whatever these things. And you see, they step out. And the move of God is actually shut down. Alright? So, revival depends... So, sorry, revival... Uh, depends on meetings if there is no relationships. I say revival depends on you, we have to have meetings all the time. If there's no relationships. So we replace something here with something that should be happening outside there. A move of God Depends on act, a move of God depends on activities if there is no relationship. So relationships, okay, in a move of God is like the setting of a ring where you put a diamond in. You with me? Relationships in the move of God is like the setting of a ring where you put a diamond in. Because Revival is dependent on relationships. I've seen people who've had revival meetings and God moved in the most amazing ways. But where things were not built in revival, there's nothing left of that. We know people like that. Be careful not to replace ministry for relationships. You've got to have the relationship. the context that God started with. You see, there's sometimes one week you're strong, and um, one week you might be you feeling weak, whatever. But you have a brother or sister walking with you now, then you become strong. I'm telling you, where, where you've opened your life and to walk with someone, you find a strength in the brother and the sister God has given you. We can't do this alone. Guys, we can't do this walk alone. God never intended for us to do it alone. I mean, you know, the people that we know personally and stuff like that, where we've seen this. So whether it's uh, whether it's uh, uh, Eric Johnson, uh, whether it is uh, Jeremy Riddle. Um, Whether the people that we've seen even in their lives, how they've built the context of relationships and family, what we see in the local churches that they have. Because God invades that place, because he sees something of himself in that place. That's why the local church is so important. This is not just a gathering for a Sunday. This is supposed to be a house and a family and be interactive. Why do you think a lot of places are just thriving? People or that are there and they're there and they go over there, but they're actually not a local church. They're just gathering together. He brings the bound out into prosperity. Verse 6. God is wanting us to prosper in all areas of our life. So religion teaches you uh, teaches you basically and gives you lives that are basically constrained. That's what religion does; it constrains your life. But kingdom builds people who think they can change the world. There's 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 this thing about um, when there's relationships. There's a, suddenly you have dreams again. You you can run into things because there's people also to help you in that. Yeah, and to be honest with you as well, alright? So Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to just read from you from the Amplified um, Ephesians chapter chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. It says the following here, Ephesians 3, 14 to 15, it says, for, the re- for, for this reason, grasping the greatness of this plan by which Jews and Gentiles are joined together in Christ, I bow my knees in reverence before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. God the first and the ultimate father. Alright, so family comes from our father. Okay? Our father. There is a place for the individual relationships. Alright, so God's design us to be part of a local body. Members of of one another, that's what he says. You, he's designed us to be members of one another. You, you know what? There's so much that we learn from one another because you've got grace and gift in your life. You've got certain things like, Wow, I learned this, I, I get this, I, I find this grace in your life. And when we're not connected in that, we actually don't find the grace because you have grace that I need. Hello? There's people, yeah, they, you need that from, yeah, it's like, you know, no, I can do this on my own. I come, you know. no, we need to find this, what you have inside, there, something you have that I need. And only through a relationship can I find what you have. Do you realize that that, remember Ephesians 5, this is the thing about marriage. Husband and wife, unless I come into that place of conflict, unless I come into the place of love, unless I come into the place, I can't find what is in you. Because what is in you is what I need. Yeah, but you get a bit too close, you know. That's why a lot of us have that thinking, because of dysfunctional families. And we come into the church, now we mix pot of dysfunctionality. But there is a blueprint and a pattern from heaven that God wants us to pick up. Why? Because it was His purpose from the beginning. That he can reveal himself. How is the world going to know unless they see Christ in you and me? How is the world going to have healthy families unless they find it here? And guess what in the church has not been seen? Do, do you understand? The church is the reflection. It's supposed to be on... That what is in heaven is supposed to manifest here somehow. And the people in the world are going to see it through us. The Bible speaks about we are members of one another. That's what that verse said. We are members of one another, right? So there's loyalties, for instance, like um, you see the relationship with King David. Quickly, you know the story. David and Jonathan, right before David was king, they, they had this brilliant friendship with one another. Do you, you do realize that Jonathan was supposed to be king because his father was Saul, Yet Jonathan knows the heart of God and he's, he's such close friendship with David. He's loyal to David. He's so he's so there to empower actually the God's, God's will in that situation. And we see this amazing friendship and support that Jonathan and David had. And um, I've shared this before, that when David becomes king, what does he do? He goes and he asks, he says, is there any family member left of Saul? And you know what happens is, when someone becomes king, you make sure the rest are dead. That's what they did. They would, if there was any heir to come, they would actually destroy the whole the line of different heirs that would possibly be king one day. That, that family or those guys would be slaughtered, killed. And so David starts asking, is there any, you know, if you were a family of Saul, you'd be nervous here. But is there anyone left of Saul's family? And the only one that was still left was this wonderful name that is a tongue twister, Meth, Meth-Besheth. Eh? Meth-Besheth, basically, he was a son of... Of, of, of basically what happened, he's one of the, the children in that, but one of the nursing maids picked him up when he was small and she ran and she dropped him. So we don't know if he was paralyzed or if he was crippled because his legs grew wrong again, but basically he was still alive. And so David said this. Listen to me. Remember, Jonathan and David were so close. Jonathan recognized the hand of God on David's life there was this loyalty this friendship this relationship Jonathan is dead Saul is dead David goes because David also had the loyalty and the friendship with Jonathan his friend is dead David goes and says, is there anyone part of the family of Saul and Basheth comes they say this, this guy's alive I mean he's probably nervous he says right bring him God, heart to the father. He says, bring this guy. Bring him to my family. David says this. He says, I will give him all the land, all the cattle, everything that's supposed to come to him. According to how it's supposed to be, he's had nothing he must get. He must actually be killed. He can't be in line. He's a threat. And because of the relationship of loyalty and intimacy he had in that context of a brother that Jonathan David had, David goes and he honors this thing, and he brings Methuselah in front of him, and he says, "I'll give you, I'll give you all this land, I'll give you all the servants, all this cattle, I give it to you." And he says, "I mean, now he has his own chefs, his own everything, his own." He says, "But what I also want is, I want you to sit at my table." You see, when you sit. When you sit at a table, if you're paralyzed or you're crippled, it covers you. And you equal with the other person. And his crippledness was covered. He said, eat with me, feast with me, sit at my table with me. You see, the thing about this, about family, family covers your lameness. family covers your issues and this is supposed to be the local church the local churches across the world it's supposed to be a family like that that there's this honor and this love for one another that even in our weakness that we can actually cover one another and that we can actually live in a place of honor not dishonor (laughs) When you sit at the table of family you cover the blemishes the things that don't work well the lameness. Can I borrow one of your tissues? (laughs) I'll share with you mine you share with yours. Excuse me. Ah. This always touches me, you know, because David is a man of the heart, after the heart of God. Not just because it's my second name, but, you know, he took it from me anyway. So. Hallelujah. Alright, so this is the context of family. He's our father. I'm telling you guys, the church must get it right. We the church must set the example. Uh, hello, we've got to set this Example. That's why God goes and He says, listen, I've got this, this is where I'm going to do it. I will, since you can't choose your brother and sister, I'm going to put you in a place that what is necessary for you to come to your full potential will be found in the place that I appoint you. That's why we speak of, you need to know the appointed place that God adds you to. Not does it have this and this. We've had people, man, we've had, we used to be at the university years ago, years ago when we first went to the church. Um, And, we had an amazing couple they were about to get married whatever uh, one person was a well known person actually both and then and the, I was shocked the one day they came and they said no they, they're looking for a place where you know they don't have to help pack the chairs in the morning and then after they're looking for a place like that I said you know just you know we're going to miss you but we love you but be blessed guys if that's your value of what a if church is then you need to find a place where you don't have to pack cheese. Unfortunately, we don't have to do that anymore. But do you understand? Those who drink water with their face in the brook, don't take them. Those who want to go home, that's fine. We won't hold it against you. And then there were 300 that took water with their hands and drank the water. That was Gideon's men. I'd rather work with 300 to change the world. Because Jesus grew his church from the 5,000 to 4,000 to 12. A lot of pastors don't want to hear this church growth movement. Hello? You see, if we start thinking like that, we can change the world because you believe what God says. It's not you waiting for someone to do what you've been called to do. All right, how are we going to scuttle this ship? Um... We're going to almost land this thing. It's fine. You can play that thing. Hallelujah. Uh, amazing thing about Jonathan. He was championing. He was championing. You see, David, can we be a family that become champion to you see you've got to go further brother you got to go further sister and listen my heart is this and people that we speaking to lives whether it's in South Africa or overseas is you've got to go further you've got to go further if you can stand on our shoulders and go further, you've got to go further, guys. If we can help one another's family and say, hey, you know, I want to cover your lameness in this this area, or whatever and that, but you need to go further. There was such a, such intimacy, in the sense, in a godly sense, and honor that it wasn't about Jonathan, and he was rightfully supposed to take the place of becoming a king. If we can think like this, guys, as a family. Because Jesus set the example. The King of Kings steps down. He leaves all His glory. He left it. And He steps down. And He gives His life. For you and me, that we can actually experience what the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit have, John 17. Father, that they might know what this is, eternal life, to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit how we will reveal the glory of God in such a real way the world is looking for this God the family of God so this morning if I can just leave with you. yeah let's let's be intentional about bringing someone to our table if we can cover the lameness of what we have because you know God is not looking for perfect people he's looking for people that just say yes just say yes because in my brokenness in my weakness he becomes strong You know, this is what I longed for and I live for and I'm just closing with that. I try not to lie or anything. <laughs> I'll try just end with this is honestly guys, this as you know that even just from years back and that just some of the things that have happened and encounters I had with God and seeing the glory and the manifested presence and glory, just in amazing ways. Um I'm telling you the world desires to see God's glory desires to see His manifested glory. And I've said to you before, the actual word in Hebrew when it speaks about the glory of God is is the word face of God. And we're there to reveal His glory. And so that's why even the whole thing of worship, worship is not singing a song, it's a heart attitude by the way. God doesn't need any worship He doesn't need any worship. John 4 says he's looking for worshipers. He's not looking for the worship. He's just looking for hearts. He's looking for worshipers. And that's my prayer. And that has been for years, for years. The different things we established in that, and even in this church plant that we did start a number of years ago, is we're looking for worshipers. Because if you worship God, you'll do it in whatever you do. Whether at your work, it doesn't matter what you do. Cleaning toilets, you're a worshiper. If you carry the spirit of worship, wherever you go, God is revealed. It's the same as family. It's the same as the house of God. When you carry the spirit of what even Jonathan and David had, that what, what Paul referred to in, in, in Ephesians 5. If we can reveal that, I'm telling you, the world's longing for that. And let me tell you, we're not trying to get people into this building. That's never been our heart. We want to change the world around us. Whether we do it with 12 or 20 or 300, that's fine. We're changing the world. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I just pray that, just even in this sweet spirit, gentleness of your spirit this morning, that we would understand what you were intending when you said, Our oh, Father. Lord, that we can understand the family of God and the place that you place us, that it will be the place that is the appointed place because you know that is what we need to transform and to change us. And Father, I pray even for those listening on the internet as well that they'll be impacted, Lord, that they'll have a a hunger and a desire to say, yes, I, I want such a place that people cover my lameness because Jesus gave everything so that we can know that family. And may we know this love, Lord. May we reveal this love to those around us, to the nations, to the places of work, Father. And I just release your peace over this house. Even in this week, Lord, that the storms will just come, become silent and that we just see your beauty. The beauty of holiness in a fresh way in our lives and wherever we are at, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.